the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back at 6.06, hour two of, well, two. So I guess the final hour of the show and uh, so very much to do for you. Luis Gonzalez, our great producer, was kind enough to dig up the last tweets from Trump before his suspension. And they're not controversial. There were two of them. The 75,000, I'm sorry, 75 million great American patriots who voted for me, America first, and make America great again, will have a giant voice long into the future. They will not be disrespected or treated unfairly in any way, shape, or form. That was on a Friday at 946, and then about uh, 58 minutes later, he tweeted, To all of those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th, the last tweets for Donald Trump, until, potentially, now. Because 13 minutes ago, after the big vote, and I told you the uh, the results were 51.8% to 48.2%, over 15 million voters voted to reinstate former President Trump on Twitter, and Elon Musk tweeted, the people have spoken, Trump will be reinstated, Vox Populi, Vox Day, the voice of the people is the voice of God. And I have to say, I agree with all of my friends who said, why would we have to vote on this? How is it not a no-brainer that uh, Donald Trump is not reinstated on Twitter? The question now is, will he come back? Because he's got his own social media. And will it hurt True Social if Trump is on Twitter? I think Trump has to come to Twitter because True Social is growing. It's it's fantastic. It's a a lot more of a free platform, although Elon Musk is moving Twitter very quickly that direction. And and it was put in place to give people a place to go for a more free dialogue. And if Twitter restores or if Elon Musk restores Twitter or actually moves Twitter to actually being that kind of a platform that really never, ever was then maybe you just go back to Twitter because it is the quickest and smoothest and easiest and most elegant. And uh, how very interesting, isn't it, that with something like, I don't, what is it, 70% of the workforce or just a huge number of people who walked out on Twitter after Elon Musk uh, told them that the requirements are that you're willing to work long hours, work hard, and make Twitter a better place, they left him. And CNN, you know, has got a whole page devoted to the downfall of Twitter. And all that keeps happening is more and more activity. 115 million people voted on that reinstate former President Trump. I'm sorry, 115. 15 million people. I was looking at Elon Musk's follower number, which is at 117 million. But 15 million people voted in that Elon Musk poll. And uh, and he's doing it, and that is pretty darn cool. I will, I hope, and maybe Lewis, you can keep an eye out for any comments that President Trump might make tonight 
about being reinstated to Twitter. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, no calls tonight except for the first one. So if you want to talk, 303-696-1971. But the text messages continue to pour in as they always do around here. Randy, has KBB joined the Colorado Republican Party to your federal lawsuit striking the open primary following the unanimous decision of the state central committee? KBB is Christy Burton Brown, chair of the Colorado State GOP. Um, no announcement from her whether she will seek a second term. Those uh, those uh, elections will be in March of next year. So definitely some time. Uh, same, Ronna McDaniel had promised to run for only two terms. and uh, But now, and she says it's by demand of the RNC, and there's a number of people supporting Ronna McDaniel already on the RNC. Uh, she believes that it makes sense for her to run for a third term to maintain continuity of leadership between now and the very important presidential race. And listen, there are lots of good arguments, and I always have people who don't like it when I say this, good arguments for Ronna McDaniel and all of the changes and successes she has brought to the RNC. Not in the election results. I get it. There are other explanations for all of that. But Lee Zeldin? is talking about throwing his hat into the ring for chairman. Man, would I love to have that. Well, I'm sure I will be having that conversation when he makes the decision. I've already received emails about whether I'd be willing to speak with him and other people who are considering running for that role. No, I am not. Very happy in my very busy life here in beautiful Colorado. But uh, fascinating. And KBB, no announcement. I've been contacted by a number of people who are considering challenging her and wanting to know, you know, any inside scoop on what's happening. And, you know, I wouldn't share anything that I knew until someone was ready to make it public. Um, but, you know, what's the, what's the jury out on KBB? I mean, if you have a complaint about Christy Burton Brown and why she should be removed or replaced or shouldn't run, um, that may be a valid opinion, but I would love to hear it because there's an awful lot of misinformation out there about KBB. And if I know anything about it, I will certainly respond to it if I hear it. But to answer the question, the federal lawsuit that John Eastman and I brought against the um, the open semi-open primary statute here in Colorado that allows unaffiliated members right up to 7 o'clock on election day to declare as Republicans and vote in a Republican primary was unsuccessful. And the judge, besides mocking us, and, you know, we're like, uh, he didn't say Darth Vader. I can't remember the analogy he used, but uh, um, we were, you know, writing in to save the Republican Party, even though we had me, Republican National Committee man, as one of the lawyers. We had candidates. We had central committee members, actual voting members of the Republican Party um, leadership as plaintiffs. He said we couldn't, we needed the party. And so a lot of folks have come up with a real misconception about, in my mind, about Christy Burton Brown and not bringing that lawsuit forward. She said, and this was very public, there's nothing uh, behind the scenes or confidential. Unlike some people, I don't, uh, you know, share confidential text messages or messages on the air. Um, but she had said that while we're in the primary seat, I don't think it's a good idea to bring this lawsuit while we're in the primary, so close to the primary election, because certain candidates have planned their their campaigns around the system that we have now, 
and I am worried can the party raise the money it takes to bring this lawsuit through in a separate bucket of money. There's very strict campaign rules on what the party can raise. So after the September 2021 edict by the state central committee to all of us in leadership in the Colorado State Party to challenge the semi-open primary, um, Christy Burton-Brown had our lawyer, Chris Murray, wonderfully brilliant lawyer for the Colorado State GOP, write a letter to the Federal Election Committee and ask for an advisory opinion. Here's what we're here's our situation. We have very strict um, campaign finance finance laws in Colorado. Under the federal laws, I think it's clear we could raise a separate pot of money for the lawsuit, but not so clear in Colorado. And the FEC has just sat on their butts for now uh, over a year. And so um we do, and, and Chris Murray has followed up with them and pushed them, and I believe he believes, and so I believe that we will have an answer from the FEC before the end of this year. And I think, uh, contrary to what a lot of people strongly believe about Christy, oh, she didn't want to do it, she doesn't want to challenge it, all whatever, I think she'll do what the party tells her to do, asks her to do, suggests that she does. Uh, once she's convinced that the party can raise money and not be, you know, hit, you know, you'd be hit immediately with a lawsuit from Jenna Griswold, Secretary of State, if she thought you were violating campaign finance laws at all. So I believe, whether under the leadership of Christy Burton Brown or another leader who will take the role in March, that the party will join our lawsuit and we will refile it sometime next year. And so that'll be a very interesting debate. Um, when we get back into it, we'll talk more about it then. But that was a great text. Long-winded answer, I'm sorry, but there's just so much background and there's so much to to try and understand. Before I jump to what I think should be the story of the week, the story that should be on, talked about on talk radio shows and covered on actual traditional news stations, never is likely won't be the investigations that Republicans who took the House, who dethroned, replaced, retired the wicked witch, Nancy Pelosi. The investigations that are going to be taken, so crucially important. We'll hear from Jim Jordan in just a minute. But I want to make sure you get to hear a little bit more of the different shenanigans to uh, to help that first lady that we played or that second lady couldn't remember the word when she was trying to say anomalies, but the shenanigans in Maricopa County. Good morning. I'm Raquel Contachassi. I'm also a fourth generation Arizonan, which I know we're a little rare, but I know this state, love this state. Um, so Chairman Bill Gates and Recorder Richer, you both have lost all credibility in any shred of integrity. To conduct free, Again, fair, we're not, we're, we're, no outbursts, free, fair, and transparent elections here in Maricopa County. When you both opened in 2021 a political action committee to specifically defeat MAGA candidates. That actually was almost our whole ballot for this primary from the Republican Party. So if you think that the public should believe the false narrative of well-run, fair, transparent elections, and outcomes, that's, you're sorely mistaken. 
That's not just a conflict of interest. It's a specific agenda and a pre-bias going into it. So you, at the very least, should have recused yourself from any part of this election, having opened that in 2021. If Florida has 12.4 million more people who live in it than Maricopa or Arizona in general, and they can count their ballots in five hours under hurricane watch, and we are on day nine, we've got problems that we need to address. This is why the public here, you don't like people questioning and you want us to have faith. We don't. There are problems that need to be addressed, systemically addressed. Thank you. Really, really excellent points. The man in charge of the elections set up a PAC, a political action committee, to raise money against conservative candidates in 2021. Nobody talked about it. Nobody challenged it. He did not recuse himself. He did not step back. Florida, with what was the number, 22 million voters counted before the end of the evening on Election Day, and Maricopa County, with a tenth of that, Still counting? Still counting? Are you kidding me? Let me um, let me click into the Secretary of State website in Arizona just really, really quickly and see as the ballots continue to come in. Yeah, the lead of Katie Hobbs, the current Democrat Secretary of State in charge of her own election campaign for governor. She's the one in charge of counting the votes, even though she's a governor candidate and currently leading. She's leading by 17,000 votes. I am so grateful that Carrie Lake is assembling a massive legal team and that Harmeet Dillon Dillon is on the ground there. Harmeet is so experienced in these areas and her judgment is excellent. She doesn't get caught up in squirrels and rabbit holes and uh, just chasing down every last thing. And uh, I don't think it's over in Arizona yet. I hope not. Because at some point, we've got to get this dam to break. And then I'll just wait. And I, I won't hold my breath because you'll just fall over dead. But I'll just wait to see if um, some of the wonderful consultants and the people who knows what's best for the the people who know what's best for the Republican Party actually come out and report on any of it. Hello, my name is Scott Miller. I live in District 4. I also was a poll worker, a judge at Journey Church. Um, the issues that were just talked about were the same thing happened at our, our location. Tabulator uh, did not work 30% of the time. The I sent an email to you, Mr. Higman, last week about this issue, but the primary issue I'm going to talk about was there was a woman there born in 1947 in Nebraska. She came to vote. She got her ballot. It was just a federal ballot. So when I, she called me and asked, I was a judge, she called me and asked, why am I getting just this federal ballot? She showed me her license. She had moved from Glendale, where she lived for 30 years, to Peoria. I called the hotline, the election hotline, and the hotline told me that she had not established citizenship until November 4th in Peoria, born in 1947 in Nebraska, lived 30 years in Glendale. So this is a terrible situation where she didn't get to vote for anything but federal, nothing about the state. And that, to me, needs to be looked into why citizenship is not established when you change cities. It's when you're born. Another interesting topic of inquiry. I wish that this gentleman would have said whether this 
person traditionally voted Republican or not. That would have been interesting to know. But the bottom line is that, uh, you know, election cheating cuts both ways. In most generic polling, Democrats are as concerned about elections as Republicans. They want free and fair elections. And voter ID, just starting with voter ID, is an 80% issue nationally. So, yeah, we'll just stop talking about it because that's what uh, Dick Wadhams and all of the brainiacs uh, tell us that we need to do in a pig's eye. It's just simply not going to happen. I know we've got callers on the line. We'll get to those. We should take our break right now, though, so we've got a good long segment with everybody when we return here on 710 KNUS. Kelly Michaels did such a nice job with the bumper music, Grand Funk Railroad, Shades of My Wasted in several ways, youth. So good to have you back here, though, at 626. I'm Randy Corporan. Three, well, lines are full, but 303-696-1971 is the number. 303-696-1971 was texting with my wife during the break. Uh, she had sent me a report about Elon Musk says he's letting Donald Trump back on Twitter, and I let her know we'd been watching the poll. And uh, I asked her, the question is, will Trump come back on Twitter, should he? And my beautiful wife, Tana, says, I think he should be on the safe side, reach people. And I really agree. If I was advising Trump, Lewis looked it up, and um, Trump, what was the comment he said, Lewis, that uh, uh, he didn't know why there needed to be a poll, or what was it that he said? Yeah, he just said that uh, he sees no reason for the poll. Saw no reason for the poll. And I agree with that, because this is a, you know, it's a platform. Trump should not, the Ayatollah of Iran, who has never been, deplatformed from Twitter should be on there as long as he's not, you know, decrying death to Jews. We don't need that kind of garbage. But if he's on there, Donald Trump, of course he should be on. But now Elon Musk has said he's welcome. His account will be reinstated. I assume that means all of his 77 million followers as well. So does that mean that uh, will he will he take advantage? He has to. I know he's serious about this presidential run. I was sitting there right in the front rows with, uh, with many Trump supporters and, uh, and listened to that speech. And it's game on for Donald Trump. I, I wish that uh, the consultants and advisors and establishment hacks and the uniparty Republicans would realize that and embrace it. But, uh, yeah, he's got to take advantage of everything and every opportunity he's got. So let me just, I know we've got full lines, but let me just, I want to finish these last couple of clips from Maricopa because I think they're very, very telling. Pretty frustrated, so I apologize for my voice. No, no apology I just want to necessary. tell you that I'm here to talk about transparency and truth. I'm sorry, I want to save that for last. Hi, my name is John Chadwick. I'm a native. And uh, I had uh, two questions that have to do with uh, Stephen Ricker's office. Uh, number one, which, uh, why were there ballots were 19 inch in inventory that were probably sent to Republican uh, locations that jammed the machines when he knew that it took 20 inch? Why were the 19 inch ballots in, in inventory? And the other question is, I had addressed a, a letter to Ricker's office about Zuckerbucks. Wanted to know if he got any and where they went. And uh, I've got the letter, 
So it's some time ago. He didn't answer it. So I'd like to see if we can get an answer. The citizens can get an answer. What was uh, what came into that office in Zuckerbucks and where it went? And also, the other thing I wanted to say that if this board can't get the election integrity correct, the public opinion of Arizona will do it for you. Yeah, and you have to. And listen, national populism is alive and well around the world. Look at what happened in Italy. Uh, look at what happened when a, some, the, the globalists rose strongly in Great Britain when they elected someone who was actually talking about cutting taxes and doing all the things that we know work to restart a fading, failing economy in Great Britain. And what did her tenure last? About 43 days. And then they, they installed a globalist back into that role. Great Britain is in deep doo-doo. But Brazil, if you don't know what's going on in Brazil, just get on your computer, Google Brazil election results, millions, not hundreds, not thousands of people taking to the streets, millions of people taking to the streets because of their, they believe, stolen election. And they've got facts to back them up. And, you know, it, it doesn't look like they're going away. It could be that the military gets called in. It's going to be keep your eye on Brazil. National populism is alive and well. Before I jump to the phones, um, I wanted to clear up those numbers. I had said before this year, Democrats were defending only 13 U.S. Senate seats, while Republicans had to defend 21 that is considered a lousy map for Republicans. But in 2024, those numbers flip in a big way, even more favorable to Republicans. In 2024, there are only 10 Republican U.S. Senate seats up for election, but there are 23 Democrat seats. And for people who are you know, complaining that uh, you know, in the House we only won well, we're at 218 now, so we have the majority. Nancy Pelosi is retired slash fired. There are six seats left. So we may wind up with, uh, I forget the pickup now, maybe seven or eight. Um, but we picked up 15 or 16, maybe 17 seats in 2020, a year that we were predicted to lose the House. So, you know, we're making strides. We're heading the right way. And I am never, ever going to use Colorado, the place where the blueprint was created and implemented for the first time, the place that started the first state to do all mail-in balloting. Everybody gets a ballot in the mail with a governor who changed the law so that while you and I can only give $400 to a particular state candidate, more if they're running for governor, but definite limits, I think uh, 1500 was all I could give to Heidi Ganahl. Jared Polis was able to donate to his own campaign whatever amount he wanted, including up to 20-plus million dollars. I'm not going to use Colorado as the model of how we should behave as we fight, not to win the next election, not to maybe change the agenda, but to save this country. If Colorado's got to get worse before they start listening to the truth about the people they continue to reelect, I'm going to fight against that. I'm going to expose school boards and corruption and defamatory actions and, and election fraud every time I get the chance. 
but I'm not going to base my politics or my behavior on what Colorado thinks about it, and especially what Colorado's longtime consultant class thinks about it. That is nonsense. All right, everybody's been so patient. Ron Lynn Conifer, let's start with you. First of all, I was curious what your thoughts were on this latest uh, development with this uh, Smith guy being appointed a special prosecutor. Well, let me let me tell you a little bit about Jack Smith. Do you know anything about him, Ron? No, no. So this is the same special prosecutor that was appointed back uh, in, oh, I forget the year now. Was it 2012 when the Virginia governor, Bob McDonnell, very, you know, Clinton-esque as far, and I say that only because he's good-looking. He's very smooth. He's very articulate. He's got that southern gentlemanly thing going on. And Jack Smith brought him down with corruption charges. He had to resign the governorship. They took him out. He was a presidential hopeful for the Republicans. And this Jack Smith took him out. And that conviction of Bob McDonnell was overturned get this, Ron, was overturned by the United States Supreme Court nine to nothing. So that's who Jack Smith is. I see. Disgusting. Well, are you worried about the... I mean, I guess there is there is reason to be concerned. Well, no, I'm not worried about it. I mean, I think Donald Trump could get indicted, and I think he could win anyway. I think people will come out of their homes if that happens. But... Um, you know, they've been after Trump for two years. Uh, Merrick Garland has all everything he's going to have on the Mar-a-Lago, air quotes, scandal. Um, the J6 committee's got everything, including 14,000 hours of video they won't release to us yet. Republicans take over in January. Uh, and they haven't been able to find a single charge to make it stick. This is more Department of Justice political hackery. D.C. jury and judges, uh, it's not uh, the best place to be charged with anything. Well, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's, um, it's out of our control. I can tell you this. Um, there's no one in the world, maybe in the history of the country, who is better prepared to take it on because they've brought him to impeachments. They've brought him Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't made any. They lied about Charlotte and the comments that he made in, in Charlottesville. Sure. Uh, Charlotte's on my mind because I've been there so many times in the last two months, but uh, last month, really. But um, so, of course, am I worried about it? Sure. Do I wish this wasn't the world that we live in? Absolutely. Do I think they'll take down Donald Trump? No. And do I think they'll stop him from uh, from running for president? Absolutely not. Well, good. I uh, also <clears throat> I just wanted to make this uh, observation that uh, this statement, first of all, that you and Don are the only people left that I can listen to on KNUS. <laughs> Who's Don? You and uh, Oh, Don, 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 Doctor Don. Backbone Radio, baby. Right. I I really love that I I that we have the weekend night shows. I think that's really cool. All the others apparently have turned on Trump. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that that's, and, that's a hell of a statement to make about a supposedly conservative uh, station, but that's the way it is, I guess. Well, it's interesting, and it's certainly for the people like like when uh, Craig Silverman committed radio suicide to claim that the station shut him down because he was talking negatively about Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I, I just think that's provably false based on the, the actual 
radio show that occurred. I remember he was just talking about what the things he was going to go do outside of 710 KNUS, and he'd been asked to stop, and he wouldn't. And I think he would plan to go to work with Dan Kaplis, and that didn't uh, pan out very well either. But uh, um, they they have never stopped people from saying what they believe or saying what they think. They certainly haven't gotten in the way of of, uh, of my commentary here, and uh, and they're not going to stop you know George or anybody else from talking about what they believe. What I wish with the other hosts, and and I admire some of them, and I know that they're brilliant and on and on and on. But I wish that they would do more than the Washington Post fact-checking, bring somebody on, even me, their colleague, and the Republican National Committee man to debate some of these issues because they act like, they talk like um, their side of this equation is just fact and anybody else who doesn't see it uh, doesn't see it that way is a, is a buffoon and an idiot. And it's nonsense. The lack of debate is what's frustrating for me, but so be it. Whether they have lost significant parts of the audience. Yeah, well, that that I don't know. I, I We certainly have a lot of advertisers on this station, and it seems for, for a tiny little station, it seems to do an awfully good job of... And of unfortunately, most of the commercials now seem to be done by uh, boys. <laughs> He does he does commercials all week apparently. Then he gets on on there on Saturday morning. Well, you could certainly understand why it would be you know good to have him back here because he is a proven radio legend with a track record, and that includes you know being able to to uh, pay his way. So I, I it's all very understandable to me. But I just wish people would um, instead of trying to beat us up, engage engage with somebody who actually knows you know, is so deeply invested and involved in all of these things that you could really have a conversation, not just pick on a caller who heard something or read something and, uh, and you know, doesn't know all the details. But uh, listen, that's talk radio. It's a horse race. I'm still here. Dr. Dunn, Backbone Radio is still here, and um, so be it. Let me ask you this. I think, you know, if, if uh, somebody who builds houses mispronounces words habitually, I don't that's fine because they don't claim you know their main tool is not the language there are at least three people on your station that habitually mispronounce et cetera as x cetera i'll let you <laughs> guess who that is but i mean that that's just a joke yeah well the other one with et cetera is et cetera et cetera oh they have which is say, which is redundant <laughs> they have they have they have to say it two or three times to yeah. make sure you knew that they're mispronouncing it <laughs> uh, you would think well, that somebody, somebody would come to them and say hey if you're going to be on the air at least learn how to say et cetera and a hey, few other things run run let's go easy on the folks that have the job okay let's let them just do their job and thank you very much have a good saturday night god bless ron whew Fiery. All right, Linda, sit tight. Ron's line is open, 303-696-1971. Our other caller dropped off. So we've got a couple of open lines. I've got to make sure. In fact, let's just at least start the Jim Jordan, uh, just the remarkable press conferences. Ten felonies identified, committed by, allegedly, defamation lawyers, allegedly, ten felonies committed by sleepy, creepy, pedophilic-leaning, putative president Joe Biden. So I would just start with this question. What part of Mr. Comer's presentation was Russian disinformation? 
I mean, never forget what happened on October 19th, 2020, 15 days before the most important election we have in our country. Who's going to be the next president of the United States? 15 days before that, Mr. Brennan, Mr. Clapper, and 49 other people signed a letter that said the following. It is for these reasons that we write to say that the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice President, Biden, uh, Bi Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. They further went on to say, we want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post are genuine or not, just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. And of course, that letter became the pretext for suppressing this story, again, just days before the most important election we have in our country. So I would ask this, was J.P. Morgan's suspicious activity report to the Treasury Department, was that just a classic earmark of a Russian information operation? How about when Hunter Biden sent the email that Mr. Comer pointed to, sent the email asking for keys to his new office space, one for himself, one for President Biden, one for his uncle Jim Biden, and one for the emissary for the chairman of the Chinese energy company, CFCC. Was that just Russian disinformation operation in place? What part of Mr. Comer's presentation prompted the FBI to go to Facebook and say, hey, 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 you want to be on the lookout for Russian misinformation here this election season? What part of his presentation would prompt that? I got four more of those where that one came from. Thank you very much, Louis Gonzalez. And, uh, Lauren Boebert, a newly reelected Lauren Boebert, just retweeted, welcome back at real Donald Trump. Beautiful picture of her standing there with him right in front of the fireplace. I took a picture with her right in that same spot. Um, but she just sent that out on Twitter. And Lauren Boebert, by the way, I know we got to get to our break, but her the election victory for her was 554 votes. Automatic recount. Why would Aspen Adam Frisch come out and concede that election unless they just really don't want to see the results of a recount or if the recount flipped it to have a paper ballot count. Everybody says, no, he's just being classy. He's showing Lauren Boebert how it's done. Really? You're fighting for a United States House of Representatives seat and at 554 votes where a couple hundred thousand were cast you're just going to concede? Scratching my head on that one. All right, we've got the rest of the Jim Jordan stuff. We've got callers on the line. And we will wrap up the show here when we return on 710 KNUS. So we're back. No time to waste. Everybody on the phone, sit tight. I'm going to try and get to every one of you. But there's some things that you have to hear. The Donald J. Trump Twitter account is now active and live again. So I was able, I'm actually able to look at it and to see those last two tweets that Lewis had emailed to me that I read to you. Those were, in fact, the last two tweets of Donald Trump before he was suspended. I want you to hear his last video on Twitter. This was January 7th. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. 
to those who engage in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election and emotions are high. But now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. So, yeah, 50 million people watched that. The last video that Donald Trump had on Twitter on January 7th. And then on January 8th, those two tweets that I read to you earlier, the 75,000 great American patriots will not be disrespected or treated unfairly. And to all those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. That was the end of Donald Trump on Twitter. And now he's been reinstated. And people are, oh, wow. Wow. He had 77 million followers when I scrolled down there and played you that video. He now has 80, 80. No, wait a minute. 82. Oh, they're starting over with followers. Okay, interesting. So I've got to refollow him now. I just did. Interesting. So apparently Elon Musk reset the account. Um, he's following no one. He's got 82.8 thousand followers. Uh, that must have just happened because he had millions when I first clicked into this thing. So very, very interesting how this is working. And so I'm trying to get all this in. This I had saved this Maricopa vote um, uh, poll watcher, the most passionate one for last. Pretty frustrated, so I apologize for my voice. No, no apology I just want to necessary. tell you that I'm here to talk about transparency and truth, and I want to look each and one of you in the eyes. I've served this city for 30 years. I woke up. I was the be- great employee. 
saving lives, going out there risking my life, and trusting that all you people that have been elected by the people would do the truth, would do the truth, would do everything in your power to represent us fairly and the way we want to be represented. For the 30 years I got up, I wasn't paying attention. But you know what? These past two years, I've been paying attention to you guys. I've been looking to you guys online, and you need to make sure you're accurately who you are and, and who you are representing. If you represent the Republicans, you're first of all, you're representing Arizona and America. And you took the swore, you sworn into office, just as I did. And I'm just disgusted by your behaviors and your decisions that you've made. And look at all these people out here who are just suffering so badly because of your falsehoods, let's just say. Um, these past two years, I've been in, been more involved. I've worked the last election in the primary. I've, I've sacrificed two of my years since I've been retired. Anyway, I've been focusing on just protecting these people from Arizona and standing up for my people. Anyway, um, I've worked the 12 days as a, as a, uh, a, marshal, a marshal in the primaries and, the, and on election day. I worked as a marshal, and I can tell you that 80% of those people that came to vote their time voted Republican and voted for America First candidates because they want to protect this country and this state. And to say that the results are the way they are, I just would just, would just please, I beg of you, please, Think about what you're doing. Please represent all of us in honesty and integrity and make sure all these people's votes count. They came out on election day to vote and took their time out and to be shut down. The reason that I'm going to play some Jim Jordan here as we end the show is because uh, when this announcement of 10 felony accusations against Biden was made by this group of Republicans, Fox News covered it live. I was in my hotel room getting ready to catch a plane, and I flipped over to CNN. They were in commercials. They went back to Coffee Talk. I went to MSNBC. It was Morning Joe talking about the success Democrats had in Arizona. This is so important. And I think it's also important to understand, never forget how this story has changed. I mean, think about this. When it started off, it was, no, it's not his laptop. It's not his laptop. Then it was, well, it's his laptop, but remember, it's Russian disinformation, and no one did anything wrong. Then it was, well, maybe... Maybe he did something wrong, but President Biden didn't know about it. And now it's, well, maybe President Biden knew about it and was involved, but it it didn't influence his decisions. In fact, yesterday, there was a story in Politico which said that. The story in Politico yesterday investigating the investigators' dim strategies to launch counterpunch to House GOP. story in Politico yesterday, here's what it said in there. Quote, no evidence has publicly emerged that Joe Biden's decisions were affected by his son's business dealings. Wow, we, we, so we've went from it wasn't his laptop and it was Russian disinformation to, oh, whatever was in there didn't affect the president's business dealings, even though he was involved, even though the laptop was real, even though it wasn't disinformation. We've, that's how far we've come. I had two more of those I wanted you to hear so badly, but Linda's been waiting forever. Let's see if we can squeeze Linda in. Welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, anyway, Hillary is... Uh going after Musk and shutting down Twitter and conservative radio and anybody that sponsors him, that's where he's coming from. I heard that on the radio today. Uh, yeah. you. Did you hear that? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, everybody's thinking she's running for president. I really appreciate it, Linda. Thanks for being a listener. And... Um, I uh, hope you'll call back off and uh, text messages coming in. Love your show. Soon the rhinos will be an endangered species if we all work to take our state and country back. Did the party support Bobert with dollars? No, they really didn't, but that's only because they didn't think they, they didn't believe they needed to. 
and she was a terrific fundraiser of her own on her in her own regard. Uh, big surprise. I I wish there could be a recount, a paper ballot recount in the Bobert race, just to see what really happened. We've got to find a race where we can actually make that happen. And I'll shut up. Listen, I'll shut up if uh, if the results are legitimate. Uh, retired Congressman Steve King receives major victory in court, handed the liberal trash libel slander defamation legal team it's asked this past week. I don't know that story. Suggestion, a good interview. Maybe I'll reach out to Steve King and find out what that's all about. Man, oh, man, I hope we get that third hour because there's always just so much to talk about. And we didn't get to all of it. But Republicans took the House. Lauren Boebert will serve another term. Talk radio is alive and well. Uh, People like me are not backing down and never will. Really want to thank you very much for spending some time with us here on this cold and clear Saturday night. I'm Randy Corcoran. God loves you. So do I. Never forget this. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.